have coffee. I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. I got coffee too. All right. We are caffeinated. Okay. Uh, Bring us in. No, I bring us in. You don't bring us in. I bring us in. (laughs) I got this. Caffeine. 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 Let's do it. (laughs) It's not doing it, apparently. (laughs) We can tell already. The caffeine has not caffeinated. It's early. It's okay. Happy New Year, guys! Here's what's coming up. On January 15th, we will be talking about and solidifying our 2024 TBRs. Join us to find out how many books Mo ends up with and how many we actually think we'll get through in the coming year. If you love the show and you want to support us, you can check out patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast for a huge list of perks. We hope you'll consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. So tonight is our 2023 TBR recap. I know we haven't had a lot of episodes this year, but you know what? We have read a lot of books this year. Um, One important thing to notice, when I've been noticed, but between Abby and myself, Abby has read 111 books, and I have read officially 71, which, so together, we have read 183 books, Abby. Go us. I mean, in that, that's a pretty impressive amount, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a lot of books in one year. I know. So what we're going to do, this is a little unstructured because I'm someone who likes to talk about statistics and the number game and the genres. And Abby's like, I want to talk about feelings. So we're going to have um, <laughs> analytical versus uh, whatever Abby is empath or whatever <laughs> um, episode today. So I hope you uh, it will be good for everyone involved, essentially. I'm going to start, Abby, with I looked at my Moe's 2023 TBR recap. I made a whole thing based off like what I made last year. I made a copy of what I anticipated mm-hmm. reading. I made a color scheme in my Word doc. And my color scheme is yellow equals completed. Pink means in progress, and I'm still reading it. I'm probably going to finish it this year. Um, unhighlighted means I wanted to read it, but I did not. Um, blue very rare category for me is a reread um green uh i called them rogue reads because sometimes i oh my god i I went rogue girl like we're going to talk about my rogue issues um and then red equals book club reads that i did okay yeah i i have a spreadsheet of all the books that were on my tbr and i was actually pretty good about like marking them off when I finished reading them. I did not color code them the way you did. Um, Mine was color coded like the green ones were high priority. Blue were ones that I thought we should do for an episode. And I'm not even sure we actually. No, no, no. I had one blue one. Never mind. We didn't do that episode. Um. No, no, no. Well, that one didn't work out category. Got it. <laughs> that was a wishful thinking category, apparently. Um, 
like purple was high priority because I love purple. Oh, and apparently I meant for us to do those episodes too. Hmm. Well, hmm. we did a couple. We did some of them. Um, and then I had orange was pre-orders and red was I need to pre-order it. And I did pretty well. I had, let me see. I had 78 books on the list. And I read 33 of them. So that wasn't too bad. And I did DNF three. So technically I got through 36 of the books that were on this list. You are so good about DNFing. I am. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a good DNFer. I did. I did DNF one book. I don't think the book made it on the list because I didn't even, I, I gave it and yeah, it died somewhere. I really hardcore ponder if I'm actually going to DNF a book or if I'm just not feeling it right now and I need to just put it back on the shelf for a while. So like, I don't DNF a ton of books, but when I do, you can be assured that I have seriously thought about it and considered. So um, the three off of this list that I DNF'd, um, A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula Le Guin. I felt really bad about DNFing that one, but it's it's an older book and it's written like an older book. And I just, I could not, and I knew I would never make it through that book. Cause like I tried the physical book, I tried the audio book. I got a little bit further in the audio book than I did the physical one, but it was not happening no matter what I did. I also DNF'd Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon by Mary Fan. Yeah. And I was really disappointed by that one because, I mean, it has dragon in the title. It had nothing to do with a dragon, though. I would like you to look upon this face. The cover has a dragon on it. I know. The genre says dragons. I know. If you put dragon in the title, there should be a dragon somewhere in the book. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, like... <clears throat> I liked the setting because it was like the beginnings of steampunk China, which I, which was cool. The problem is I don't remember a freaking thing about what I read from it. Mm. Like, other than that setting, it was so unmemorable for me. Okay. I, I vaguely remember that the main character, the main character was a girl. And I don't know, there was something about an arranged marriage and... That didn't work out, and then she was going to, like, the um, Chinese hell or something with this dude that she met. I don't know. I was, It was okay. not working for me, and it wasn't going to. And then the last one I DNF'd from uh, my TBR was The Star-Touched Queen by Roshani Chomsky. Mm-hmm. And again, it was one of those that I was really disappointed in, because if I put it on my TBR, I think I'm going to love it. And that one started out so promising because it started off with the arranged marriage trope. And I actually really enjoy that a lot of the time. Yeah, I know you do. I was like, I would like both these books that they had arranged marriages in it. So like, I'm willing to give a book a chance if it has an arranged marriage in it, because I don't know. I just really enjoy that trope for some reason. And like, at first I was really enjoying it. I thought it was really cool. And then... This book took like an 87 degree turn out of nowhere 
87 degrees is like it's like where it's like going nobody knows i feel like a 90 degree turn is kind of predictable like a 180 degree turn is kind of predictable but like 87 is kind of more out of nowhere than 90 you know you're like what the- you're like, where the hell are we going? <laughs> we we were on the road and then we saw a river and we just took the car off the river and we just started floating along. And you're like, what the hell happened? Exactly. So, like, the premise is that the guy she ends up in a marriage with is, I don't know, the king of this, like, alternate plane or something. And, like, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. I can get behind that. That sounds like fun. Except it got, like, really existential and just, like, wandered around. And she was supposed to be figuring out all these mysteries, but I couldn't figure out what mysteries she was supposed to even be figuring out. Because her husband was being so utterly unhelpful. (laughs) And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand the goal. And all that she is being given are these, like, random existential questions that she has to figure out i'm like what is going on i don't under i don't understand where is this- did you not know you're gonna read a philosophy book apparently oh my gosh it was like moral conflicts and time travel and crap and i'm like what in the world and abby was like this is not the book i signed up for thank you i'm out i told you 87 degrees it wasn't 90 Wow. It was so weird. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, those are my DNFs off of this list. Uh, the one book I can remember that I did not finish that I had no attention on finishing, even though I checked it out from the library again to give it another whirl, is called. Oh the, no! It's it's called the Gunkle. Um, basically, it's about this Hollywood retired actor who. His sister passes away and his brother. um, Okay, so his best friend. Let me start back. His best friend passed away. His best friend married his brother and his brother and his best friend had two kiddos. And the brother is addicted to um, like oxycodone. uh, And he's like, I need to go to rehab. I have to get clean. I just lost my wife. Can you please watch the kids? And his brother's like, oh, I'm a bachelor. I don't do I don't do kids. And he's like, I need you to suck it up. We just lost the most important person in our life. And you need to watch these children. I thought I would enjoy this, like watching this uncle care for these two children. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of a dick. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he means to be a dick. I don't know. He just wasn't doing it for me. Like, he's wrapped up in his own grief because, I mean, like, he did lose his best friend. Yeah. You know, and he gets to take care of these two kids. I don't know. I gave it a whirl. I got it from the library again. I'm probably just going to return it and just say, screw it. I don't really feel like reading you. There's no shame in that. I know. I'm just really bad about DNFing stuff. I know. I mean, even even literally the book I just finished, I gave three stars to called The Book of Eels that I thought I would highly enjoy. Mm-hmm. Because it's a nonfiction book about this guy's journey in his relationship with his father around their both fascination with eels. And it's about the history of eels. Don't ask. I thought it was really going to be interesting. And the accent's real. Dear listeners. The accent's great. Dear listeners. What? Dear listeners? Dear listeners. 
when she told me she was going to read the Book of Eels, I went, huh, I haven't heard of that one. What's it about? She responded with, eels. And I went, thanks, that is so helpful. Literally. It's about the mystery of eels, because they're a very mysterious animal. And I thought it'd be super interesting, because it also involves a, a relationship with this guy's father. Yeah. The parts about the eels was really interesting. I didn't really care about his relationship with his dad, unfortunately. Well, I'm glad part of it was interesting, at least. That's, oh, that's why it got three stars. I learned a lot about eels. There you go. Mm. So I want to talk about my stats a little bit. So mm-hmm. I started the year with, it says 112 books that I I thought in one way, shape, or form, I would be interested in reading. Okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Listen, I do dumb stuff thinking I'm going to read books. I I only read 32 books off of my list this year. Only. So that means out of the 71 books I have currently finished, (laughs) half of are just like, ooh, this looks like a great book. Let's read this one instead. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a little little notorious for doing that. Um, Sounds about right. My longest book was Eliza Locke Lamore at 752 pages. Nice. Yeah. That was a recommendation from Kim and Vinny. And I think Kim says she's like on book three. I don't think I can read any more of the books. They're kind of long. And while interesting, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll come back to another one yeah. someday. Maybe we won't. I didn't get through that one. If that makes you feel any better. I know, because your copy's at my house. Yeah, because I gave it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and the shortest book I read was actually The Bone Knife, um, the uh, prequel to Thorn, maybe? No, the prequel to the second book. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's only 35 pages, but it counted as a book. So, mm-hmm. all right, I don't care. It counts as a book. My average length of book, though, was 311 pages. So I apparently like that, like, 300 pages is about where I like to be in bookland. If you're, like, 225, kind of like Simon R. Green books, it's kind of small. But apparently your 752 pages are too damn long. So um, I read 31 audiobooks. I was very into audiobooks this year. 28 physical copies. Very strange for me. And only 13 ebooks. Hmm. I know. It was weird. You usually read way more than that. Usually I'm an ebook person. I know. I'm in a physical book mood lately. That's fair. I get into those moods a lot. You know. Oh, you like my background I made for work? So um work says as long as we brand our backgrounds, we can have it whatever we want it to be. So obviously I branded my background with books. Obviously. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but random tangent, sorry. Um but I was very proud of myself. Um, I did borrow 18 books from the library this year between Libby and physical copies. Nice. Just, you know, libraries are important. We got to we gotta preserve them by checking out books. Mm-hmm. I think the majority of the audiobooks I listened to this year were from either Libby or a cloud library. Mm-hmm. Uh, my longest book was Gemina, which was 659 pages. What's that one about? That is the second of the Illuminae Files, which is Uh, a trilogy. I'm going to read that first one next year. 
Yes, all three of them are chonkers. I'm like 70% of the way through the third one. I'm hoping to finish it by the end of the year. But yeah, uh, sci-fi, absolutely fantastic. They are, for those of you that haven't heard of the Illuminae Files, um, it's YA sci-fi, but it's written like the compiling of a bunch of files on an incident. So that means it includes um, maps and drawings and handwritten notes and video surveillance and uh, ship schematics and all these really cool visual things. So I've heard the audiobooks of these are amazing, but I really wanted to see all the visuals that were in the book itself. And I have not been disappointed. Man, and I gotta tell you, I love the author. So I know it's Amy something or other, but done with Jay Kristoff. I love Jay Kristoff. Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff, yeah. Like, I read Nevernight by him. Oh, I love that book so much. I just finished God's Grave. And I'm probably gonna do Dark Dawn. So it's a trilogy. I've been, like, reading one book every year because it's delicious. Mm, nice. Oh, I love that. What was your shortest book? Oh, my shortest book um, was Brambles, which was 42 pages. Um, and that is the prequel to Thorn. Oh, I knew mm-hmm. one of them was a prequel. Yeah, Brambles is the prequel to Thorn. And then um, the one you read is the prequel to the second book, which was Theft of Sunlight. Nice. Great. Now I just so. had to add another book to my TBR for next year because I forgot to add the third book. <laughs> Um, you'll never guess who my most read author is. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Hmm. <laughs> um, um, the author that wrote Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, close. That's my second most read. Okay, okay. Hold on. The author, um, Clamp then from the Subasa. Yep. Yes. Okay. See, I knew it was going to be, I was like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, she read three big mangas this year. She read Tsubasa, uh, Full Alchemist, and Sailor Moon. I'm like, it's got to be one of these three. I'm like, can't be Sailor Moon because that one's pretty short. It wasn't was like, Sailor Moon. I, I read like, uh, Card Captors this year, not oh, Sailor Moon. See, I, knew, I knew it was one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Wrong one. But see, I'm, I was like, I'm like, I know it's one of these. I know it's one of these big manga series. <laughs> um, I read... 24 volumes of clamp i'm impressed good job and 18 of hiruma Ara- arakawa the uh lady who wrote full metal mm-hmm. mm. yeah um they were my by far two most read authors <laughs> manga is so good though like manga i feel like gets such an underratedness i don't even know what to say underratedness but because like yeah I did read a lot more graphic novels this year, a, a whole eight, but mm-hmm. like I read the Dragon um, Tea Society, all three of the books that are out. Um, I read Saga, but I read Saga's volume one and two this year. I only wrote down Saga volume, volume two, which is fine, but I also read, I counted them, Captain Underpants one and two. Dogman one because I'm reading them out loud to my children. They are counting by God because they take a long time to read out loud. <laughs> um, yes. And the bad guy by Aaron um, Blauby. That you might like that one. The movie's on Netflix too. Um, the bad What's guys. It it's all about 
um, the big bad wolf and his friends trying to do good instead of doing do bad. You know, they're they're kind of goofy. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Now, I did not count um, the piggy and elephant books because those are like one word per page versus like not. So mm-hmm. I read a lot to those kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at my stats on Storygraph. Yeah. Normally, my little wheel of fiction versus nonfiction is just 100% fiction. Yep. 1% of my wheel was nonfiction. Okay. And I looked at it and went, what did I read that was nonfiction this year? And then it occurred to me, I was potty training my son. You're right, <laughs> a nonfiction book is a potty training book. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> I got one of those, I think, last year or something. <clears throat> Man, when did I read Saga Volume 1? That was a good one. Saga's super interesting. Um, You can get them on Hoopla from the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would rec- would recommend um, picking up. I like to read them on my tablet. Good to know. Really thought I read Saga last year too. Saga Volume One. I know I read Saga Volume Two. Great. Now it's going to bug me because now I need to know. I need to go look at my activity and verify. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty three. Did you not count against my twenty twenty three read goal? Rude. How rude. 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 It's fine. Obviously, we know we read a crap ton of books, so it's cool. Yeah. Man, so did you, when you were going through your list, was there any themes that surprised you? Like any, did you gravitate towards certain types of books? Did you gravitate towards certain topics, certain authors? Any um, outstanding steam, um, themes, wow, themes that stood out to you in 2023? I think I had a theme of nostalgia going Hmm. Um, because, okay, I didn't count Subasa on my list as I was reading it um, Mm -hmm. purely because that was just nostalgia reads for me. And obviously it's not like manga doesn't count. I just didn't, I was, I'm not reading them thoroughly enough that I would want to consider them read again does that make sense like the first time i read through a manga i'm like really looking at the artwork and taking my time with the dialogue and like really just like really getting into it but subasa i've read in its entirety before and so it was more it's been more of like a comfort read a nostalgia read like yes i will still stop and stare at a lot of the um artwork and stuff but I'm not like, especially with like the extended battle mm-hmm. scenes, I'm not stopping and staring at like every single panel. I'm just like fighting, 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 fighting. Yep. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, oh, yep, 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 yep. Okay, cool. I'm like, oh, cool. They did a like really cool pose, action pose for this. Oh, we'll stare at that for a sec. And then I move on. It's not like I'm not like staring at every single panel, like really hardcore. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so I've been reading Subasa, but I didn't count it on my list because I'm not reading it. It's just a nostalgia comfort thing. Um, but then I also, all the manga I read was nostalgia. I counted, because I've read the entirety of Full Metal Alchemist, and I've read the entirety mm-hmm. of the original six card captors. 
-hmm. but I have never owned either of those versus I've owned Subasa for a couple decades now, but like I finally owned all of Full Metal. So I was like thoroughly reading it as I was reading it. And same for Card Captors. I finally got the original six and I very thoroughly read them. And I'm getting the books of the new series and I'm reading those very thoroughly because those are brand new to me. But it all feels very nostalgic to read. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, too, because like, you know, like reading through Saga is very heavily detailed art, a lot of subtleties and like the artwork you're kind of going to watch for. Um, and I'm definitely looking at the art more. So like I, I that makes a lot more sense when if you're kind of like skimming just to remember what the story is and not going, who's fighting who and what are you doing? And oh, my goodness, in the background, you know, right, like. I'm reading the whole thing, but I'm really focusing on, like, the highlight reel mm-hmm. that gives me the warm fuzzies for Subasa. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, like, I think 2023 was just my year of comfort reads. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly. That just seemed to be what I needed. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What about you? Well, I was very into fantasy this year. Um, I read 26 books um, of the fantasy variety that I enjoyed. And then I read close, like second. I read a lot of nonfiction this year, like a lot of nonfiction stories. Mm-hmm. And like, st- like books for work and stuff, too. But I just really... So I just finished a book called A Fever in the Heartland. And... I like books that are like history podcasts, essentially. And I love listening to them. I'd rather not read them. I'd rather listen to them because, like, you're telling me a story, a true story. And I'm like, oh, oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, and, like, I'm actually reading um, A Fever in Heartland with some of my friends. And Fever in Heartland is actually set in the 1920s, based out of Indiana, is about the second rising of uh, the, the Ku Klux Klan. And my friend lives, like, she's like, I know these places. I live here. I never knew this about Indiana. I'm like, this is so wild. And we're just like, oh my God. And we're just having, like, all these conversations about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, we read Moneyball for work. And we talked a lot about that. Um, I talked with a lot of people about I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCuddy. God, that book was... Oh, that poor girl. I love iCarly. I hate that she hates iCarly, but I love Jeanette McCuddy. She's an amazing human being. Um, Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zanner. I read with a few other friends, too. I don't know. Like, these books I read with other people that aren't fantasy books, they were very thought-provoking books. But then, on the vice versa side, um, like, I read all six books that Kim and I said we would read together, finishing with Babel, which was awesome. Um, we talked a lot about Babel, had a lot of good themes in it. And like with you, one, two, three, four, five, we know we read six books together. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I love books I read with people. Same. So, um, I mean, Kim are already, I think we have 10 books that we're going to read on our list next year, but I don't know. It just makes me happy to read books with people, you know? Yes. But yeah. Also, I reread two books this year. I don't I don't reread books often. But I reread Old Man's War and the Ghost Brigades. And I, re- I love John Scalzi. 
so much. I know. <laughs> I also read his new book, Starter Villain. Delightful. You should re- you should read that one next year. And uh, the Kaju Pr- uh, Preservation Society. Mm, also amazing. Just delicious. I love his books. Well, good. I'm glad you got to reread some of his books. I know he's one of your favorite authors. I know. I didn't resist. Yeah, that was my theme. I just, I had a lot of fantasy this year. So last year I had a lot of sci-fi. This year was a lot of fantasy. Um, my list for upcoming books. Uh, I have 76 books I would like to read in fantasy land. So I think next year will be a heavy fantasy land as well. Yeah. Just, just like super. I don't know. I love, I really love sci-fi, but sometimes I just like good fantasy novels, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I love sci-fi. It's a great genre, but fantasy's my home. I know. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break for a moment. And when we come back, we're going to talk about... Um, we talked about some DNF, so maybe we'll talk about some least favorite books and some favorite books and some other general things about 2023. See you guys in a minute. Talk to you in a minute, guys. Hi. This is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. We're going to talk about some favorites and least favorites that we've read this year. Um, So, man, I just literally went down my list. So these are like in descending order of how I read them. So like, I'm going to start with my most recent one. I read Gleanings, which is like, it's this group of prequel stories to Ark of a Scythe, that trilogy. Oh, yeah. I haven't read that one yet. I don't know if Mm -hmm. I want to read it. I might read it. I was a little iffy about it because it's not just written by the original, by um, Neil Shusterman. It's got, like, other authors that wrote short stories because it's a group of short stories. Mm, Suspicious. Right? And so I was like, "Mm, this could be really good or really bad. And I'm not going to lie, it was five stars. Okay. Awesome. Like... I ended up um, borrowing the audiobook to listen to for this one, and they had different narrators for each of the short stories. Oh. Because each short story is, is like, com- focused on a completely different character, and it was fascinating. Oh, I do like when they do that. If I had not known that Neil Shusterman didn't write all these short stories, I never would have guessed. That's how well they fit into the world and the setup. Just like, they all fit so well. And I can't just talk about one because none of them are actually connected to each other. But they were all so fascinating. I I loved them so much. Mm. So, yeah. I'm very glad I bought the physical book. I was like, I'm going to take a gamble and buy the physical book. And then I listened to the audio because I didn't have time to sit down and read the physical book. So well done, though. So well done. I was very impressed. I love that. Yeah. And then Buy a Silver Thread and With a Golden Sword, two different books, 
by Rachel Aaron. They are the first two of the DFZ Changeling series that she is currently writing that you have not read yet. Oh, Abby, mm. I'm struggling. I, I have, I'm trying so hard to like this character, but I'm like, come on, lady, come on, break, break, break free and get this done. I'm, I'm going to, I'm determined to finish it by the end of the year at least. Okay. Uh, that's fair. I really enjoyed them. The first one by a silver thread left me on a cliffhanger that I was not expecting. And I think that's part of why I loved it so much because I agree. The main character was like, let's get a move on girl. Like, do the things. I'm I, and I'm working. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think with a golden sword was a little bit better. But either way, I loved both of them. I don't think I definitely like in my tier of of DFZ related books. I think they're probably at the bottom, but that doesn't mean it's a they're bad books. Mm-hmm. So, um, The Adventures of Amina al-Sarafi, oh my goodness gracious. Um, I highly recommend the audiobook. There are stories that you know are going to be good regardless of how you take it in. Mm -hmm. If somebody had told me this story, if I had listened to the audiobook, if I had sat down and read the physical book, if I had read the ebook, wouldn't matter. It would have been an amazing story. Yeah. The audiobook took this to the next level mm. because the way the book is written amina is the one telling the story and she's telling it to somebody who is recording it but it was so good because there were like there's like interruptions where she stops to talk to somebody else who's not the person who's recording mm -hmm. and the way they did that in the audiobook made it feel like I was literally sitting there listening to her tell the story too. Oh, good. I have that on audio. I just haven't listened to it yet. Oh, the first time that happened, I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be amazing. And the mm. story itself is just, it gives Arabian Nights vibes. And it's, it's a genre I like to call historical fantasy because it's a fantasy book, but it has a historical setting. And just like the adventures of this pirate queen who is now middle-aged with a young daughter who had retired from piracy let me tell you the tale of my adventures my daughter well she well she's is she talking to her daughter i don't know i don't know um but she basically she has retired and she's raising her daughter and she gets dragged into the problems of other people mm. and sets out on another adventure oh those problems of other people let me tell you yes um but it was just it was absolutely amazing it was one of my absolute favorite reads it's one that i want to listen to the audiobook again well good it's on my um libro.fm if you want to listen to it again yes yes i will be very much so i love it Going Postal by Terry Pratchett. Absolutely phenomenal. It's oh my God. by so, far his best Discworld book that I've read. Abby. So it has been my goal to get like all of the new recordings of Discworld they're putting out. So like Penguin's mm -hmm. doing brand new recordings. And I am not counting any of these stupid Discworld books I'm re-listening to. Because I have re-listened to Mort, kind of. Like I fall asleep to it. It's not re-listening. It's just like... Putting me to sleep, happy British it's, snarky humor. Um, it's comfort reading. 
Oh my god, but going postal, I just re-listened to the part where Moise von Ludwig had to go do the postal man walk thing. His trial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what madness are these people putting me into? And he's like, thinking about, I remember the guy's hand had no fingertips on it. He's like, oh, no, 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 about this crap. <laughs> and now he's in the golems yeah. and he made them do the impromptu walk. <laughs> look, they smashed the mailbox. They'll be fine, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I want to re-listen to that now. That's oh my book. goodness. Oh, I absolutely adore the um I I this one has 45 books. There's a lot of credits to get through, but I will have them all eventually. Yes. Yes. Oh. And then a book that made me cry very, very hard was Every Morning the Way Home Gets Longer and Longer by Frederick Bachman. Oh, oh, I remember that we talked about this a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, it. I bought that book for you. I'm so sorry. Don't apologize. I loved it. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I made you feel your feelings. <laughs> oh, it made me feel all the feelings. It only took me 45 minutes to read, but I subbed the whole 45 minutes. Like ugly cried the whole time and you'd think i would have hated it but it was so beautiful hope you weren't wearing contacts i was it was bad i had to take my contacts out i think you pitched them because they're ruined from all the tears as soon as i started crying i'm like oh crap i'm gonna be crying this whole time so i like took my contacts out and put my glasses on And then you're like, and here come all the feelings. And I dumped them everywhere. Oh, but it was such a good book. Such a good book. Oh, I just like, that's one, like, if I need a good cry, I'm going to read it again. Ugh. Ugh, feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then how Rory Thorne destroyed the multiverse was an absolute joy to read. I loved it. It I will was, read it next year. It is on the list. I have it owned on audio. Ready to go. Oh, ready to pull the trigger. You will love it. It is just, it is delightful. It is so delightful. I just, ugh. That's a, that's a feel good one for me. Ah. Um, The Tea Dragon Society books. These are actually comic books. They are. They're graphic, no- graphic novels. Graphic novels, yeah. But, I mean, Tea Dragons. What else do I need to say? Tea dragons. I just want one. I just want one real bad. I know. I'm like, I don't even care which one. I just want one. Any of them. All of them. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then earlier this year, if you have been listening to us, this will come as no surprise. The books Thorn, Theft of Sunlight, and Darkness at the Door by Intisar Kahani, who is officially one of my new favorite authors because she has written three of my new favorite books. Uh-huh. Uh, hands down i was chomping at the bit to get the last book because it took forever to ship to me and i was just dying to know what happened and guys that author is so sweet i reached out to her on social media and i'm like hey my best friend really loves your books do can you do you do sign book plates or anything so i got three book plates for abby to put on all of her copies and they're all in my books and they're on my shelves and i love it so much Mm-hmm. So just so you know, like, don't be afraid to reach out to authors and tell them how much you love their books, and you might get special surprises in the mail. I love authors. They come up with such good stuff. Mm-hmm. 
They're they are all blessings. They are. Oh, but yes, I highly recommend those books. They were freaking amazing. And then Illuminate and Gemina, which are the first two of the Illuminate files. Uh, like I said earlier, ship schematics and surveillance footage and handwritten notes and just like reading this book made me feel like the layout set a standard that most books could not follow you know mm-hmm. and it's just amazing to look at but i don't think i would want it in every book but it's amazing to look at love them in a few books uh, all right tell me about the ones that you loved the most mm-hmm. my standout books of 2023 are going to come to no surprise to you either First and foremost was the Dauntless Path books, um, all three of them by, you just said her name, Issachar um, Kalanani. Oh my goodness gracious. I love the first book because it is a retelling of the Goose Tale um, story. And I love the relationship the princess makes with all the people that continues and persists in the second two books. And I about died when I had to wait for the library book to get me the um, third book. I was like... <sighs> happens the th- second book is killing me because i left on a cliffhanger and i was like oh my god abby she's like i know mo and i'm like oh my god abby <laughs> oh the cliffhanger in that second book is brutal it's rude but like these are just the perfect ya novels these are the, exactly the kind of ya novels i want to read they're not i don't know is a court of throne and roses considered ya technically yeah no that crap is crap compared to this you know what i mean oh yes which I can say that because I've read A Court of Rose and Stones this year. And I was like, hmm, the hype was not lived up to this book. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, you know, it was with my book club, so I read it. Um, I did tell you. I know, but <laughs> it was not my pick. I just ran with it. And then Before the Coffee Gets Cold by um, Tashikazu Kawaguchi. Um so this is a book, a four short story set around a coffee shop in Japan, and it's kind of a magical realism book, and it's about four different people and their stories, and you get to go and sit at the coffee shop in this one spot and go back to one point in time, and that's it, one point in time, and you only get to do it once, To and you can't change the past, all you could do is... You know, like if you wanted to see one more person one more time because you were at the coffee shop or something like that um, together. And it was like, one, it's a study of Japanese culture, which I highly enjoy. Um, Japanese culture is always fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Two, it's a translated novel. So I always love reading translated novels because it's always fun to see how nuances from other languages come into English. And then three is about coffee in a coffee shop. And I highly enjoyed that portion of it in Japan. But it was really good in a sci-fi. I got like three people at work to read it. And I love that. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. It was just, just, it was almost a cozy read. Mm-hmm. And it got, it got me in the feels in the last chapter. I was sending messages to all my friends. I'm like, I'm like, this last chapter is killing me. That sounds like a really interesting book. Yeah. Um, like- you might like it. I would recommend it's very short. So if you don't like it. You don't like it. Okay. I might look into that one. I love the concept of going back into like a previous memory of your own. Mm-hmm. 
It's a very interesting concept. Uh, haven't read the rest of the series, but don't know if I will or not. Um, I thought the first one was great, so I was like, we'll stop there for now. The next books for me was um, um, were books that you disliked a lot. Uh, the Monk and Robot books by Becky Chambers. Um, <laughs> those are standout novels. I love that. I'm so sorry that you did not like them, but you know what? Like I said before, it's okay if you and I don't love the same thing every single time we read something. I know. I just want to love everything I read, you know? Oh, I do. I, I mean, you see me. I don't like give up on a book and i'm like no keep going i'll keep going well i'm glad you enjoyed them i don't know i just love robots i love the concept and the second one honestly i liked a lot more than the first one i really liked the concept it was just that main character i know i know they're not delightful mm -hmm. they got better than the second book i believe you just not well, enough to read, it. to read it i know <laughs> um my next one is definitely Homegoing by Yagyasi. I might have said her name wrong. So her book is a historical fiction that spans from the 1880 like 1880s maybe through modern times. And it follows two sisters in their lineage and goes back and forth. Every chapter is a, a short story that makes that comprises the whole story. Mm -hmm. And it's about the slave trade industry and chattel slavery and the effect of colonialism on Africa from that time. And also, you know, it hits all the major points in the U.S. history about being a slave, being a runaway, reconstruction. Um, it was really interesting. Like every story wasn't more than maybe 10 pages. Hmm. But it was impactful because the biggest theme I took away from this book is that it only takes one generation to wipe away your family's story. And that's a very big theme for a lot of African-Americans who were sold into slavery and came to the United States. You know, they lost their history from their motherland. They got separated from their family, even like as slaves or they like ran away and had completely restarted again and didn't know who their family was anymore. It's just, it, it was just a very powerful story. Very thought provoking. Just mm -hmm. really, it wrapped up a little too nicely at the end, but that's okay. I could not put it down. I read it with a few of my other friends too. And it, it, it has some really good conversation around it. Oh, good. That sounds really interesting. It was super interesting. Very good historical fiction. And then I have some honorable mentions. John Scalzi. Oh my goodness. I read four of his books this year. Honorable mention just because I just <laughs> cannot believe I reread books this year, which I don't reread books often. Mm -hmm. I love him so much. And then the next ones are <sighs> A Close in Common Orbit by Becky Chambers. I think I read books one and two of Wayfair or books two and three of Wayfarers this year. But God, Wayfarers. I don't know. I love them. I love how you're in this world and the books are connected. And it, I love this one. I love the a closing uh, common orbit over record of a space born few. I did not love as much. It was good. Not as good, mm -hmm. but I loved following love, love, lovely, loveless, lovely. What was her name? Did she change it? She, 
can't remember now. Um, she wasn't going by that anymore. Well, it says Pepper and Lovey will discover that no matter how vast bases, two people can fill it together. And I thought the name changed, too. I couldn't remember. Yeah, she changed her name to something else, but I don't remember what it was offhand. Yeah, but man, I really, really liked that one. I think that's my second favorite one. Obviously, the first one's still my favorite. Didn't like the third one as much. Going to read the fourth one this year. And then my last one. So this is a short novel. It got a Hugo Award winner for um, novella, I think, in 2021 or 2022. It's called The Empress of the Sultan Fortune by... Oof, just name Niagbo. N-G-H-I space V-O. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, not good pronounce the name sometimes. But it is... Man, it I picked it up randomly because I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. Mm. And then it was capturing. And it's about this princess who arranged marriages, your favorite thing. And <laughs> she sold to fulfill the obligations of her family. She's a princess, sold to the prince. Not sold to the prince, but, you know, given to the prince as a bride. And she does her duty, produces an heir. And then she's basically shoved into this um, estate. And left there. But what we learn throughout the story, and we learn about this pretty fast, is that she took matters into her own hands because no one puts the Empress in the corner, apparently. And it's all about this monk is coming through mm-hmm. and meets Rabbit, who was the um, uh, the servant to the Empress, who's still there at the old estate. And Rabbit tells stories based around objects that the monk finds that are significant about the Empress. So the Empress has already done and taken over and done all this crazy stuff. And now they're writing history about her. And that's what the monk is up to is writing this narrative um, as part of their order. That's pretty cool. And it's just based. And I thought it was kind of cool because every chapter is based mm-hmm. around an object. That the monk finds and how the object was important to the Empress in her story. It was a super, and it's short too. It's called The Empress of Salt and Fortune. I might read the next one um, next year because, like, I don't know. It was just super interesting. But I wonder what happens now that, uh, you know, taking over things. But it's part of the, um, the Singing Hill Cycle. The next one is When the Tiger come, Came Down the Mountain. There's one called Into the Riverlands. I really like um, the mammoths and the gates i like the uh the um artwork too is really interesting Hmm. okay we'll just add that to my list because i need more crap to read apparently (laughs) always always need more books to read but yeah those were my standout novels um standout authors my top really four um books or series that i read because the monk and the robot books were two books and not past books were three books but it's a good year for books. Just such compelling stories. And I also... Oh, I forgot to... Did I, I mention Anne um, Le, um, Leckie's books? I don't think so. I don't think I did. Forgot. I, I jumped into Becky Chambers. So Anne Leckie wrote um, Ancillary Sword and Ancillary Justice, Ancillary Mercy. And I read... I didn't like Ancillary Sword as much as I really liked the second book, which was Ancillary Mercy. So imagine... You are a spaceship. Yes. And you have artificial intelligence and you have human bodies where you have your artificial intelligence um, replicated into um, 
so that you you're they're, they're all one one of many essentially and they're not dis- per se distinct personalities all the time uh, but they can be they can have some deviance and you are loyal to the empire and you're doing your thing and then your favorite officer gets killed by the emperor then you get pissed and then your ship gets blown up and you're the only one left and then you're out for revenge revenge uh yeah (laughs) and then we go from there uh i read the first two i love the second book more than the first the first one was kind of like what the hell's going on here i didn't quite like love it as much as the second book Mm. and i'm I'm gonna read the third one this year and what were they called um i know the first one's called ancillary justice um very good space novels though interesting i like them would recommend and like i said i didn't love the first book it's like i liked it enough once i got through it i was like okay that was pretty good but then i read the second one i was like dang i like this book a lot Hmm. good to know and now i have 77 books on my fantasy to read for next year i might be adding some more to my list this evening yeah i have ancillary mercy on my book for um next year sorry but i'm not really that sorry that i'm like just making you add more crap but i was very happy with the um i don't know i i really appreciate the diversity of books that are coming out and the diversity of authors that come out too lately yes like i read a lot of books by from different walks of life like two three female four female author five female authors it's so interesting because I, you know, grew up on sword and fantasy novels and everyone was primarily a male white author. And now there's so many female authors and they're being celebrated. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you are girls. Let's get this done. Yes. I really love how much easier it is. Like, it's not easy but how much easier it has become over the years for people to get published, especially um, like indie wise or independently. Mm-hmm. Cause like it used to be that if someone was like, Oh yeah, I self published this book. You immediately thought, Oh, that's crap. Like that book is going to suck. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but even published books can suck, you know? Exactly. But I feel like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of self-published books that still really suck. But I feel like more of the self-published books in the past, like, decade or so have just, like, really gotten good. Like, people who are writing really interesting books and really good books that don't fit the big five and what the big five want to publish are mm-hmm. publishing their books. And because of social media... People are actually finding their books and going, hey, you're fantastic. Right. And I love that. All right. Were there any books you really didn't like this year? Oh, gosh. Okay. Abby. Mm hmm. Talked about it last year. The Atlas, Atlas Six book. And I read the Atlas Paradox book once again. Why? I don't know, Abby. It's like bad punishment, okay? <laughs> it's a really stupidly interesting book once you, once you get to the end, and then you have to read the stupid... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Every mm. time. 
and i hate i hate i hate it of myself it's like torture okay mm. i know so that was one of them i kind of didn't love we read this together um made of stars by jenna Voris. i kind of forced myself through it because we made a commitment for it mm-hmm. and i and i i was like i'm gonna finish it because we made a commitment yep that's why i finished it too I was disappointed in um, Gallant by V.E. Swab. I thought it'd be more interesting. Um, So this is one where um, there's two houses or there's like one house and you walk through the gate and now you're in like a separate world kind of thing. It's like um, like upside down world kind of stuff. Like Stranger Things has like, you know, thing like you have an alternate world that's parallel to your own, but it's full of ghosts and spooky things. Mm hmm. It was okay. I don't know. It could have been better. Yeah. Yeah, I read it. It, it just... Yeah, I committed to it, so I read it. Oh, uh, I was so disappointed in The Lives of Puppets by TJ Klune. Because, like, I loved um, The House of Australian Sea, and well, I didn't love um, Underneath the Whispering Door. Mm-hmm. In The Life of Puppets, it was good. But it focused on a human young man i don't know had too many dick jokes in it essentially Hmm. but you know i mean it was focused on a young man who was interested in well it wasn't him interested in that it was more another character was making too many dick jokes for me it's fine yeah that's about it that's about all i had that was kind of disappointing last year um Sometimes I get really sad, like when I get hyped up on. So I was hyped up on the TJ Klune book. I was hyped up on Gallant. I knew I would not hate, uh, just like the Atlas Paradox, but I had to read it. And of course, I'm going to read the Atlas Complex next year with Kim again. And I will guarantee that I will tell you that's one of my least favorite books I read. And yet you're going to make yourself read it. I won't talk about it. <laughs> okay. I won't talk about it. Okay. But, yeah. And made of stars. I mean, I read it because we we made a commitment to read it. Mm-hmm. Same. But I mean, I wasn't like, I read a lot of really good books this year. Yeah, I had to scroll pretty far through my list before I found the ones that I didn't like. Obviously, I didn't like a song for the Wild Belts, and I'm not going to read the second one. That's okay. You don't have to. I liked the robot. It was the monk that I didn't like. <laughs> okay, Blood Scion. I'm not gonna lie, I got this because the cover was so pretty and the premise sounded really interesting. And objectively, it's a phenomenal book. I actually rated it really high, but I also kind of hated it because it was so horrifically brutal to its characters. In what sense? Like physically and mentally brutal and very descriptive about it. Uh Yeah. That kind of makes me sad. Like, you can't abuse your characters that bad. Yeah, and I buddy read this with my friend Cass, and, like, it was very well written. It was very compelling, but it was so brutal that I'm just... Like I said, I rated it high because it was very well written. It was very compelling. It was a very interesting story. I liked the characters, but the brutality was just too much for me. Yeah. Yeah. What was it called again? Blood Scion. Hmm. It's got a really pretty cover. I don't think I have that on my list. <clears throat> and I think that kind of like 
Well, it's kind of like the Poppy War books, which I might read um, the second one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do love that. Yeah. Told you. <clears throat> well, it's not going to read that then. I can't. I can't do. I don't. Well, because I like I, I do want to read the Poppy War. Um, the Dragon Republic one, I think, is the second one. Next mm-hmm. year. But I, I had to take a break from the first one. because Did you read that one with me, Poppy War? No, I didn't. Very, <clears throat> it's very violent. It's good. Mm-hmm. But it's extremely violent. I've heard really good things about it. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's it's based on real Chinese history with a really good fantasy twist. Like, mm-hmm. good fantasy twist. Mm. I'm still kind of interested in reading that one. But yeah, like, Blood Sign was a really well-written book. It was just, the brutality level was so high. Mm-hmm. It was too much for me personally. That's the only reason I disliked it. And I didn't even dislike it enough to, like, give it a bad review. I literally gave it at least four stars, I think. <laughs> the Ivory Key. Hmm. Remember hearing about, like, looking at that one. Okay, what's up with that one? The cover was really pretty. The premise was really interesting. Stupid pretty covers. I know. How dare they get us? How dare you have a pretty cover and not have a story to back it up? <laughs> um, But I read The Ivory Key, and I remember almost none of it. Mm. It was not memorable at all. Well, that's sad. Yeah, I like, I remember there were royal siblings... And a couple of them were, like, pretending to not be royal anymore because they had some sort of tiff with their mom, the queen, or something. And then, like, they all have to get back together to solve some sort of riddle that their father left behind or something to find some treasure for some reason. I don't know. I It, it let me down. Mm. Pride and premeditation. <laughs> I bought that for you. Okay. Oh Okay, this would have been a decent book Mm -hmm. if it hadn't used the Pride and Prejudice uh, gimmick. Mm -hmm. If you had taken out... Because it it was basically Pride and Prejudice fan fiction. Mm, That's what you said. But not good fan fiction. Like, the characters were all out of character and... They were put into this murder mystery in Victorian era England. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the book wasn't bad, but it could have been so much better if you had just left the gimmicky thing out. Instead of making it bad fan fiction, it could have been a half decent novel, you know? It just, like, if the characters had been in character, I could have enjoyed it, but it was the fact that they were out of character that drove me nuts. <laughs> I, I like this one review I just ran into. It was like a Hallmark movie set in the 1880s, but just not quite right. Yeah. It would have been better as a modern retelling than making attempts at a historical setting. Yes! Like, the Pride and Prejudice characters did not need to be in there because they were not themselves. They served no purpose being there. Mm-hmm. It was just bad fan fiction. Um, yeah. Uh, the other one that, like, I don't remember much of was The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea. And this really disappointed me because, again, pretty cover. I'm a sucker for the pretty covers. I'm so bad. But it was based off a, 
was it Chinese fairy tale uh, with the red string of fate? And I have discovered that I don't like the red string of fate stories. What are red string of fate stories? So the red string of fate is like tied between you and your soulmate kind of thing. Isn't that what I'm reading right now with the silver thread? Buy a silver thread? Yeah. No. That's okay, not a soulmate thing. There's a string going on here and I'm like, come on, girl. There is a string. Let's it's not this. a soulmate thing. Okay. Yeah, but like the red string of fate, I've decided I don't I don't like stories that feature that because it's just not my cup of tea. Kind of like I'm not really into the faded mates thing. What's faded mates? Um, it's usually an urban fantasy thing where you have like a vampire or a wolf who's like fated to be with oh, that one and girl like, and they're like luck eyes and fate hits them like a lightning bolt or something and they're marked somehow or bound somehow oh yeah and you're the one that likes like romance and stuff too you don't like that romance <laughs> i like free will <laughs> must have free will I'm, I'm very much a proponent of free will i'm just not a fan of we're fated to be together. We're destined to be together. To be together. I'm like, mm, but what if I don't like you? <laughs> well, then you're stuck with them, apparently. But you like arranged marriages. I do. I just I don't understand. You like arranged marriages, but you don't like. Oh my god, I'm instant soulmates. It's because in the arranged marriage trope, you have you have choice. Like you don't have the choice to marry them, but how you interact with them is your choice. You don't have to love them. You're not fated mates. You could just be like, we're going to be friends and then we slowly fall in love. Or I think you're super hot. Let, let's make an heir. And then we start to become friends and actually like each other and stuff. Like there's choices there with fated mate kind of things. It's always we have to be in love instantaneously. And I'm not OK with that. Which is why you didn't like a discovery of witches, even though I did love it. <laughs> yeah which is very weird i was i literally picked up those books today and i was like man abby i love these books <laughs> i'm sorry i tried so hard and once again it's okay we don't have to, we don't have to love every single thing the other person loves and then the last book that really killed me okay i need you to look up this cover okay it's called escaping exodus escaping exodus by Nikki Drayden? I think so. Looks gorgeous. Right? Do you see that gorgeous cover? You have a problem. You can't. I do have a problem. We know we cannot judge covers or books by the cover. So the premise of this book is that humanity ended up in space on these giant space creatures. And they're like living like parasites inside the creatures. Ooh. Which I thought was a really interesting concept. Yes, it is. But it sucks to have to be a parasite. Yes. Um, like, that's that's not good. It, and so I, I like the concept. I liked the setup. The problem, I still can't put my finger on it. But, like, the longer I read the book, the more uncomfortable I got. Oh, okay. That's very interesting. Just, like... There was no reason I could point to that made me not enjoy the book, but I did not enjoy reading it. Because, like, I was fascinated by the concept. I was fascinated by where the story was going. 
but I was not enjoying myself and I couldn't figure out for why for the life of me. Man. Yeah. I I still don't know. I still can't tell you why the book made me so uncomfortable and not happy. It was weird. I'm so confused. I, I just want to know what it is. It was it was weird. That is weird. I think part of it may have had to do with the main character because she was not a good person, but the book kept acting like she was. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that happens. Oh, man. It's like, so maybe that was it. Like, like may- maybe they were trying to get you to like someone that you're like, no, we cannot like this person. Do you not see why red flags all around here? Yeah, she was just very like, selfish and self-centered and kept hurting the people she claimed to care about with her actions. Not like a terrible human being. Right? But but the story was acting like I was supposed to like her for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I just... No. So yeah, those were the ones that I really... That I finished that I didn't like. <laughs> Well, I think we had a really good book year this year. Do you feel satisfied? I do feel satisfied. If you were going to give, um, how many stars would you rate your book year this year? Mm, I think this was a five-star year. I would have to agree. I felt very satisfied about the books I read this year. Yeah. I feel smarter um, and more thoughtful based off a lot of the picks I, I chose to read. Um, and I feel very just, just good. Like knowing, okay, one, I own a lot of these books. Like I have spent too much money probably on books, but like, it's just so important to support authors, you know? Yes. And I, I wish sometimes like I could find like more book merch on John Scalzi stuff or I don't know. I'm like, can I just buy book merch from you? I love you so much, but but just being able to reach out, um, like I said, I reached out to a lot of authors um, last year for Christmas for you. And like I did a few this year, just just really they're good people and they're real people, you know, mm-hmm. and just like warms my little soul. Yeah, I love books, too. All right. Well, next time we talk. OK, we, we got we got to solidify the, the 2024 list. OK. Mm, okay just sitting here i added like five books it's not good i know and and i know i know when we meet up i'm gonna be sitting there going i'm redoing my list i'm redoing my list but the good news is we have until the 31st to solidify the list and then of course there's me i'm gonna go rogue and just be like what the hell off the list off i go no you have to read the books on your list because i've read a bunch of them (laughs) well here's the problem i always like forget books that from authors that are like I need to read these books that are coming out. So I, I need to be very mindful um, in the next week and try to figure out what those books are. Go through, just, so, just make a list of all the authors that you absolutely love and need to read and just Google them and see what is coming out for them. Until you're um, confused by Margaret Owen's um, painted, no, not painted, Holy Terrors. Is it coming out next year? Is it coming out the end of the year after? Nobody knows, Abby. I'm... I don't know. I ordered it. And the <laughs> site I ordered it from says it's supposed to be shipping in August. But the publisher website says it's not supposed to come out until 2025, not 2024. So um, <clears throat> we're going to find out in August if I get that book or not. Right. <laughs> I, I, just, I just, I don't know. 
I'm like, do I leave it on my list? Do I not leave it on my list? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I'm putting it on my list. And if it doesn't come out, well, I'm not going to read it. Because <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> uh, well, until next time, Abby, I'll see you then. And we will prepare for 2024. And you know what's nice? What? No, no new babies. And I have one more class left. So we should have like lots of time to dedicate to reading. Woohoo! All right. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> if you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use. Or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Bye.